That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Greetings from Podcastville. Howdy y'all, Papa Giuliano here, bringing you another episode of the Papa's Corner Podcast. On today's segment, I got the opportunity to talk to my friend Kay Marie, and in this podcast we discuss her life, uh, the different trials and tribulations that that she has overcome, and also uh, what she sees and plans for the future. So I hope you all enjoy. Pretty, pretty neat. What's that? The podcast? Yeah, just like the different people that you've talked to. Yeah. Which ones have you listened to? So I listened to Jason's first because uh-huh. that's the one that you had posted, and that was cool. And then I saw that you had talked to Gretchen. And that was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I listened to that one. Yep. And that was super... S- strongest woman in Comal County. It was so neat. And it was cool because I didn't realize you guys had that, like, history and, like, relationship. What, doing the ruck? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so that was really cool. Um, and then I just started listening to the Open Tabs one because my husband, he knows, like, all of these random facts. Yeah. And tell me one, tell me one right now. Random fact? Anything. You know, if you put a raisin in a glass of champagne, it'll bop up and down constantly, it'll never stop. Interesting. I don't know. He's just always. He said, if you put a raisin in a glass of champagne, it will bob up and down. Fascinating. That's the kind of stuff. I need to do a podcast with you. That's the kind of stuff I like right there. You should. So he's like my walking open tabs all the time. He's just always telling me weird stuff like that. So I I enjoy that. I think that's cool. You learn some weird stuff. Well, we'll learn something about you. We'll see. Did y'all make these tables right here? (laughs) So these were one of our first COVID projects. They turned out well. Um, Yeah, I mean, he did okay. The kids have broken them. They break everything. You just can't have nice things with the kids. But... um, he made these. These were one of the first things that he made because he um, bought some new tools. Um, and then we made uh, we made a window seat for our room. There's a bay window in there, and that turned out really nice. And he made a hall tree. I can show you uh, when you leave. It's it's really nice. And so he's pretty handy, but this was one of the first things. A made. hall tree? Yeah, it's like a board with hooks on it and then a bench. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The baskets underneath. And what's the hooks for? Jackets? And... Yeah, the kids' backpacks. They never put them where they go. Oh, gotcha. Never. How many kids do you have? Four. And when... When did you... When did you become a mom? It's funny. First, let me start, let me start this off by saying, is there... Are you like an open book type of person or because if you ever feel that you don't want to talk about something, that's completely okay with me too. 
No, I'm a pretty open book. I think earlier I was just kind of thinking, you know, because um, I'm, I'm pretty open. Uh-huh. I, I like to be, I think you have to be vulnerable with people to grow yourself and to help others. Absolutely. So I'm big on that. And I, there's not a lot of things I wouldn't share about. I will say um, sometimes I can speak negatively about like things that happened in the past or the way that I grew up and I don't mean it that way I just mean like I've grown a lot since then I've got a long way to go of course um, we all do so I don't really I'm a pretty open book okay I don't think there's anything I wouldn't share okay that answers the question (laughs) so when did you become a mom uh, well, I had my first son, Caden, when I was a week after I turned 21. Um, I mean, at least it's not like 16 or something. Yeah. But that's a funny thing. So our daughter, she's the oldest. She's adopted. Um, and she just turned 14. And so when people look at me, they're like, oh, you're so young. How old are your kids? I always get that look. Because they don't realize that she's adopted? Yeah. Ah. Um, And for a while, I would like, I would kind of lead with that and be like, oh, you know, but, but I didn't have her, you know, I wasn't that young. And now, but now I'm like, I don't care what people think about me. Like, if that's what you think, then whatever. I don't care. That's on them. You know, like people, because you know how people are, everybody judges Mm -hmm. and all of that so interesting but, so so how how old were you when you adopted her um I can't do math <laughs> let's see I'm 33 now and I've had her for seven years so 26 26-ish whenever oh okay so it was after you had kids already yeah I was uh, pregnant with Christopher my youngest uh, our youngest son uh, so my third child I was uh-huh. pregnant with him and then I went to home to visit family, and she was there, and there was just a lot going on with that situation. And so I was like, what if I just take her with me? Wow, that's and, beautiful. And so I brought her with me, and I went from... It was kind of hard because I went from like being the fun aunt to like, okay, now I have to transition into being your mom. and uh. um, Which, I mean, I didn't really know her that well, honestly, before she came to live with us. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, so that was kind of Hopefully you know her a little bit more now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's 14 now, so uh-huh. teenage girls are... Yeah. Terrifying. But it, it's, it's at least you're able to be there with her through the formative years. Yeah. Of course, the first seven years is going to be the first seven years of her life, you weren't with her, Mm -hmm. but then the last seven you were, and I would assume that those early teen years, even like nine or ten when you're in those years, you're kind of getting a better idea of who you are. Yeah. Versus one through seven. Yeah. That is beautiful. So... I feel like I've probably messed up with her more than any of the other kids. But it's a completely different relationship. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. But I don't know. Like when I first got her, it doesn't make any sense. But mom guilt is just awful. And I first got her, I would literally beat myself up about like how 
I wasn't there for her when she was younger. Even though, you and I'm had like, no... that doesn't even make any sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so, but now I've come to realize, like, I need to. I, I waste. So I wasted time that I should have been like focusing on just enjoying having her and helping her and growing, you know, mm-hmm. as a person and as a mom. Um, and and then too, also, I was afraid that you know, she would get taken away from us. Um, so the first couple of years with her, I feel like, like looking back, I feel like I wish I would have just enjoyed that time and just loved up on her instead of like letting all of these fears and Mm. worries kind of take over. If that makes sense. It does. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Mom guilt. Yeah. Something that you couldn't control. You kind of, it's not even that you couldn't control it. It's that you weren't even there for it and you let it hurt you. Yeah. Fascinating. How did you come to terms with the fact that you weren't able to be there? Like what, do you remember or have an idea of, you said it was the first year? I, yeah, I think it was probably like the first couple of years, you know? Well, and then another part of it is like, okay, I already had, I was working on my third child. I spent so much time like overcompensating and undercompensating with with the boys and her like I didn't want anyone to feel like I had a favorite kid or she is an outsider or Mm -hmm. I'm giving her too much attention Mm -hmm. or I'm loving the boys more than her you know like it was just this constant struggle for a long time and I think um you know whenever I went to work um for the last company that I worked for they do a lot of um, a lot of leadership classes and a lot of like personal growth classes and psychology classes, and so I think that helped me a lot. Um, and then as well as like CrossFit, I mean, it's only been it hasn't even been two years yet, but I just feel like it's helped me so much mentally mm-hmm. that it's it's made me a way better person, mom, wife, human. <laughs> Um, it's just made me better in a lot of ways. You know what's funny is that you said that you're not interesting, but I already have so many different topics and questions that I want curious about. Well, so okay, well, <laughs> you told me about um, CrossFit making you a better person and helping you mentally, um, and I think that's a message that a lot of us in this community try to get out to other people yeah um can you describe to me how you feel that it changed you and um allowed you to become better well i think first of all like the way that i got into crossfit talk about that how did that i didn't even know i had driven past comal active a thousand times, literally. Um, I thought it was a canoeing place. <laughs> I don't know. Why? I don't know why. Like the way the logo looks, and like <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, oh, that's a canoeing place or whatever. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, because our storage facility that we use is right on the other side of it. The U-Haul, where that U-Haul place. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and so, and you know, we're here, so I drive back and forth all the time. Um, I never played sports growing up. I was never active growing up. Um, I, you know, 
I, I just was not an active person. And I grew up with very unhealthy habits. I grew up in a, with a family that, you know, we just, we weren't those people that played sports and went and did active things together. Um, and, and that's kind of what I, what I was trying to get at earlier. Like, I'm very thankful for my family and how I grew up. I don't want to speak negatively of that. I just think, you know, my parents did the best that they could, Mm -hmm. you know, in the nineties, like purple ketchup is healthy. (laughs) Like, you know, I I think that we've, we've evolved from that, you know, but anyway, um, so I had, um, I had actually had some really bad health issues. I had adenomyosis, which is kind of like endometriosis. Um, it's a condition with your uterus and it basically just like, I had gained a lot of weight. Um, I had, I was just like physically sick all the time. And it's funny because now I, I don't even like, I don't, it's like, I don't even, I forget that even happened because I've come so far. Um, but I had a hysterectomy and um, what is that? It's where you have your uterus removed. Okay. So your female reproductive organs, um, you can either have all of them or some of them removed. I just had my uterus taken out. I still have my ovaries, so I don't have to take like hormone replacement drugs, which is nice. Is it possible to still have kids or no? No. But you already got four. But yeah. I'm, thank, thank the <laughs> Lord, baby Jesus. I'm very blessed, but I'm blessed enough. Um, so... Anyway, I had a hysterectomy in May of 21, and then um, in October of 21, I still was like overweight and everything, but I was feeling so awesome. Interesting. Um, I felt really good, Um, and I remember it was October 21, and I heard somebody talking about how like everybody's, excuse me, everybody's all about like New Year's resolutions. And, like, what do you do with the first 90 days of the year? But then they fall off the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, what is what are you going to do with the last 90 days of this year? Don't wait until January. Like, uh-huh. do it now. Uh-huh. Um, and so I remember I it was October. It was the beginning of October. And my husband told me, like, hey, why don't you go check that place out? I didn't know anything about CrossFit. I had heard the word before. But I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't even know that that was like a CrossFit gym. I just walked in there, and by the grace of God, Gretchen was there. Because I'm telling you right now, if I didn't sit and talk with her, because you have, you probably don't, you don't see this because you have seen me come out of my shell. But like, I am a very timid person until I get to know people, mm-hmm. and um. Anyway, you know, I I went there that night and I talked to Gretchen for probably over an hour. I showed up as she was closing up and, um, you know, like right now everybody's talking about Megan Trainer as mother. No, Gretchen is mother. (laughs) Like I talked to this woman for over an hour and she scheduled me to come back and do my first foundations class. And um, and I, I came to that. And I've told some people this story. It's hilarious. Um, so she scheduled me to come and do my first class with Jr. Oh boy! Um, but he was so nice to me. Oh yeah. I didn't. I didn't know it how mm. he was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't know how he really is. No, he he was so great. 
Um, I really could like connect with him. My dad is a Marine or was a Marine, is a Marine. He still is. Yeah. Oh, you know how that goes. Um, and so we kind of talked about my Marine Corps family and kind of like connected through that. But it, I was embarrassed because as soon as I walked in, I saw Austin and I had worked with Austin for about three or four years. Um, he oh, was, interesting. Yeah. He was one of my reps. And so I knew him through work and I was mortified. I was so embarrassed. And I mean, like, you know, he's in this enormous man. He, you know, he does all these competitions. It was like super intimidating for me. But not only did I walk in and see him, but he like pulls up a bench and sits down right next to me. And he uh-huh. sat there through the whole workout <laughs> and was like cheering me on and so supportive, which is so great. But I, in that moment, I was like, this is mortifying. Uh-huh. I am never coming back. <laughs> um, I don't know how I didn't get up and leave. But anyway, so I, I did that and then I scheduled the next one to come back with Jason and I probably only came back because of Gretchen because I'm like I don't want to disappoint this woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) like she's you know she's she's just Gretchen I didn't want to disappoint her so I came back I met with Jason I hated Jason and he knows this (laughs) I love him dearly now we are great friends Uh he is one of my favorite people but on that day that I met him, I hated Jason. What, ha- what happened? What happened? <laughs> um, it was the squad where you do like, I mean, now I could probably easily do it, but you do like 10 burpees and then something else and then nine burpees and something okay. else. It was one of Ten those. to one? I think so. Okay. I don't even remember what it was. And I remember he's all like, if you see George Washington, you know, then you're going to pass out or something like that. Something random. <laughs> random stuff like that I remember telling him like this is harder than having a baby <laughs> and it was just awful and I I still to this day I'm like I don't know how I don't know why I came back other than Gretchen mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um and I don't know I mean I did feel good before I had started coming I, f- I felt better and I felt, cause I mean, I used to come home from work and just lay in the shower floor and cry. Like I couldn't stand up. Interesting. And that's from yeah. your uterus being, what is it, infected or what is that? So adenomyosis is caused when you have like trauma to your uterus. And okay. I had a C-section with my oldest son and, um, it's just common with people who have had C-sections or surgeries because you just get a lot of adhesions and then and scar tissue and it just like your organs can kind of adhere to each other um and then you have tissue that is supposed to normally line your uterus growing in places where it shouldn't um and so anyway i mean it's just awful it's a terrible disease and uh it was just awful and like i said i have a desk job i had a desk job i'm I'm staying home now, but I had a desk job and would sit at my desk, not even being active all day and just come home and lay in the floor. And what did that feel like? Did you always feel sluggish? Did you always feel pain in that area? What what was that like? I was tired all the time, but the hard, the worst part about it for me, I think everybody's symptoms can be different, but for me, it caused a lot of joint pain. So my 
shoulders and my hips and my elbows would hurt like really, really bad. Interesting. Um, and if I ever did any kind of like physical activity, like my daughter, she loves kayaking. I would go with her, but then when I would come home, I would just be like crying in so much pain. Really? Yeah. Cause it's like an inflammatory thing. Mm. Um, and so, and I think probably cause it, cause like I said, I feel so good now. I, it's like, I forget that even happened. Yeah. But I think since that was just a few months after and I had started feeling better, I kind of just wanted to jump on it and be like, uh-huh. you know, I want to do things. I want to be active. I want to run around with my kids. I want to go hiking with my kids. Um, and so I, I think maybe that kind of helped push me. But I definitely think in the beginning, like, if it wouldn't have been for me meeting Gretchen initially, I would have... I would have quit. And look at you now, doing 10-mile rucks, no problem. (laughs) How crazy. I don't know if it's no problem, but I'm doing them. How did you know something? Like, did you, when you had, how long did you live with this, with Um, this issue? I mean, 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. Did it progressively get worse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I mean. So, like, how did. I think so. If you lived with it for 10 years, how did you know it took me eight years to get diagnosed with it because I had, well, my husband was in the military at the time. Um, and so we moved around a lot. And so when you're in the military, you, you never see a regular doctor. You just see whoever's there. Um, and they would keep telling me like, Oh, you're fine. Nothing's wrong with you. Um, and then when we moved to Texas, when my husband got out of the army, and I started seeing a civilian doctor, I, my sister-in-law referred me to her doctor. Um, and she is just like, she just was a really great doctor. She listened to me. She's very knowledgeable. She does a lot of like CE courses and stuff. She's a, a phenomenal doctor and she listened to me and she, you know, helped me figure out exactly what it was and get me a diagnosis. What is CE? Courses. Continuing education courses. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did you feel like a completely different person after that surgery? Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, like I said, I think it was a combination of like meeting Gretchen and her being so awesome as well as me. Like I, it was just like a light switch flipped. Like I felt really? like a human, you know, and I didn't. You know, I mean, like I said, I was still overweight. I had never been active in a, in a like athletic mode before, but I literally just felt so good. And that was really cool. Like that makes me wonder how many people live with it that don't know that they're living with it. Yeah. Well, and I'm on this like Facebook forum, uh, this adenomyosis page. And I, I post on there all the time now about CrossFit and about how good I feel after having the surgery and how I'm able to do all of these things to try to encourage other people. Because when you are that sick and that miserable, uh-huh. I mean, it's a dark place. And Very scary. It's scary, you know, and it's scary when you go to the doctor and they either say they don't know what's wrong with you or nothing is wrong with you. And... But you yeah. know something is wrong. Yeah, you know, like, like I'm miserably ill. Yeah. And so you, 
completely became a different person. You know what's funny is you interest you or not. You know what's interesting is that you mentioned that going into the gym, you saw Austin, you got super intimidated, and you were like, um, what you said was embarrassed. Yeah. But when anybody new comes in, I don't think that there's anybody in the gym who is looking at you thinking, oh, look at her. You know what I mean? Like, we create these things in our head. Like, you created that in your head because I can promise you that Austin wasn't looking at you thinking, why is she here? Yeah. Oh, and I know that now. But I do think, too, you know, I I think that's the CrossFit community. It's intimidating. I think if you go to other gyms, though, they're not as welcoming. Oh, Um, that's true. You know, whereas a CrossFit gym is... I think that's just like the community and the culture, you know? I think part of it too is our gym is very welcoming in general. Like I've heard other, th- other things about other gyms where people are very, um, there are more so the quote unquote clicks yeah. where you go in and people don't say hi to you. Um, yeah. But I think in our gym and in that case, people are, are much more welcoming. Yeah, everybody's super welcoming. And, um, and I try to be that person too. When I see somebody new, they may be somebody that has been going there for 10 years and I just never go at Uh the same time as them. Uh Um, that's happened a lot too. Like Tony, you know, I Uh I went up to him and I was like, hi, I'm Kay, welcome. And he's like, I've been coming here forever. Uh Yeah, I've done that (laughs) too. I just haven't met him. Um, Uh but, um, I try to be that welcoming person too, because I know how it is. Definitely. It's scary and, um, and, you know, but I just, I'm so thankful for everybody being welcoming to me. I've never, no one has ever made me feel like, like I shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Like I don't belong there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a right to be there. Um, you're right. You get in your head a little bit. And like, like I remember when I first met Lila, I was like, oh, this lady's scary. She doesn't like me. Uh-huh. And she's um, literally the sweetest person. She's amazing. And I love her so much. And, you know, she has just been a huge help to me. Um, but you know, I think you get in your own head, but nobody's ever like really made me feel like, Oh, you don't belong here. Well, good. You know? Yeah. So, okay. I'm curious what now that you have been, how long have you been going? Almost two years. What? But I still feel like I have a long way to go. I have a very long We all got a long way to go. How much weight are you down in those two years? About 40 pounds. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you. obviously you're eating differently? Um, I, I suck at nutrition. I, I enjoy cooking. I cook a lot of my own food. Uh, my kids really aren't that picky. Uh-huh. I don't tolerate that crap. <laughs> that makes it easy. Um, my husband's pickier than they are. But um, I... I feel like, you know, I'll get on my, I'll get in my moods or my modes where I'm like eating enough. Uh-huh. I, I know if I can get my protein in and eat enough, then I'll be fine. But I just don't consistently do that. Um, when busy, I first, busy mom schedule? Yeah. But when I first started, I mean, I went for over a year before I even thought about the word nutrition. I'm mm. like, I'm not going to do that because I... And the queen of, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then I end up doing nothing. Um, I get overwhelmed and I quit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I went for a solid year before I even started thinking about 
nutrition. So what about your daily life? Mm-hmm. Like how, how has that changed when you began focusing on, after the surgery, began focusing on becoming a better you? Do you feel that you have more energy? Do you feel more capable? How does the mental feel? Take me through how your mental shifted. So when I first started CrossFit, I was still working um, at my job in dentistry. And it's funny because I, I loved my career. I was in dentistry for 10 years, loved it so much. And I, I felt like that fulfilled me and that was who I was and that was what I needed. Um, and then when I started doing CrossFit, I realized like I have to set a boundary because this has to be important. This has to be a non-negotiable, like going to the gym. Can I pause you real yeah. quick? Can we do a cheers to your 40 pounds down? Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Excellent. Is that water or Yeah, water, like water. Beer? He brought a thermos of beer? No. no. <laughs> it's just water? Just water. I've been strict on being good about drinking Thank a lot you. of water. I really wish I knew how much fat that I had lost because, I mean, I have all these muscles popping up everywhere. So you might you probably gained a ton so, of muscle. Yeah. Um, so I wish I knew exactly, like, how much body fat percentage mm-hmm. I have lost. But Go back to what you're saying. But anyway. So you so, set boundaries and you need to be consistent. Yeah. I'm like, I have to set boundaries. And so I kind of got addicted to CrossFit because... That was my hour a day where, like, literally any given day, I have over 3,000 emails that I have not, literally 3,000 emails that I need to read. Mm-hmm. 20 voicemails, 100 text messages. Like, it was insane. And so CrossFit was my one hour a day where I'm like, I'm going to turn the phone off. I don't give a crap who you are. The kids would be in the kids' room, and I'd be like, if your dad, if it, unless it's your dad calling, don't answer the phone. Don't come talk to me. Don't cross the blue line. This is my <laughs> hour. And they know. Like yeah. these kids are like, Cameron will walk all the way around the damn building to come ask me a question. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, which is great, you know. So I, I, I realized like, okay, I have to set this boundary. And then I really get into it, and I, there's like this transition where CrossFit becomes the fulfilling thing to me, and it made me realize that my career, you know, I, I might be laying in bed at night crying because this patient this and this doctor this, but those people don't give a shit about me. Um, I was in a business meeting where we were purchasing a new office one day, and this lady that I didn't even know texted me a picture of my middle son at his preschool graduation. I had no yeah. idea that that was happening. And that eats me alive. That happened like four years ago. <laughs> um, and so there's just been this transition. And I'm so thankful for CrossFit because it's something that is literally for me. Like, it, it, it's good for my body. It's good for me to be a good example for my kids. It's good for my mental health. I quit taking anxiety medication. Wow. Um, I'm not taking any prescription medication. I need to take vitamins. I forget all the time. But it's just been something that's good for me, you know. And there's no... It's not about anybody else. It's about me. Yeah. Um, And so I I quit my job a few months ago. Um, My kids have a lot of needs. They're busy kids. I can work for my husband a little bit here and there and make some money and focus on 
my kids and what they need yeah. and my mental health and my physical health. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that because a lot of people don't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what makes me sick <clears throat> is that you just mentioned you got off your anxiety medication and a lot of times <clears throat> doctors are so quick to prescribe medications yeah. without asking what the person's daily life is like. Oh, yeah. They ask very surface level questions. Yeah, I don't remember them ever asking me like, you know, really digging into like yeah. how active are you yes. or making a recommendation about that. Yes. And just being active and finding a good community can completely change the different chemicals that are released into your brain, which completely control how you're, you go about your day. Yeah. That's good That's for cool. you. Good for you. You know? And I mean, I think a lot of people take medication. They need it. It works for them. If that works for you, great. That There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to like discount that for anyone else but it just wasn't working for me but a lot of times it's i mean okay like you said if you need it good for you but a lot of times people don't look for alternatives they just say the doctor said this so i'm gonna do this yeah and it's really sad it is sad and my mom is like that you know she had my mom has a lot of health issues but it's just been this domino effect and she's not she's about to turn 59 and she's very unhealthy and I think that it's been like it's been like you said you know they don't ask the right questions they prescribe this and it causes this side effect Mm -hmm. so they prescribe this and Mm -hmm. and it's just this domino effect and it's like while they continue to make money exactly and Mm -hmm. that's all it is they're making all this money and I don't want to be dependent on medication for the rest of your life you're dependent on being healthy and getting that work that even gives you more energy. Yeah, I'm trying. Getting in there. <laughs> good, good. So where are you guys moving to next? Arkansas. Why Arkansas? Arkansas? How did that come about? Well, we used to live in Alaska. Okay, tell me about that. <laughs> when did you live in Alaska? That was our first duty station. Oh, okay. This was through um, military. He was in the military. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool. Like, it was super neat. It was like living in a different country, almost. It was a completely, it was a culture shock for me. Um, I mean, I moved there from a little town near Destin, Florida. So, polar opposites. Are you from Florida? I grew up in Florida, yeah. Okay, we got to talk about Florida, too. But go (laughs) ahead, go ahead. Tell me about Alaska. So, it was neat, though. It was our first duty station. We We met most of the people that we consider to be like our army family, we met them there. And these people are like, you know, they're closer than blood relatives to us. Um, our husbands have just been through a lot together as well as the wives. Um, and it's, it's a really cool community. Um, and we keep up with these people, you know, we talk to them not as often as we should, but it's like that with any friends, but, um, we keep up with them and, um, it was just really neat. I was, I got pregnant as soon as I moved there. Um, and then I had a toddler and then I got pregnant again. So I wasn't, um, you know, a lot of stuff. I probably could have gotten out and done more, but I just didn't. My husband made me wear these spikes on my shoes all the time. He was like, you're going to fall down and hurt the baby, Uh hurt yourself. Um, so 
you know, I, I would have liked to do more hiking and camping and fishing and stuff while we were there than we did, um, which he worked a lot too. I mean, he would work from 4.30 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night all the time um, for no reason, you know. <laughs> um, and so we didn't get to get out and do as much as I would want to while we were there. But it was still a really neat experience, and it's beautiful there. How long did you live in Alaska? We were there for three years. Okay, so you definitely got to know your surroundings there. Yeah. Were you close to water? Um, we were not too far from the beach, but um, the beach there in Anchorage, it's, um, they call it the mud flats, and the tide can come in really fast. So we never went out there because you just hear these stories all the time. The mud is kind of like quicksand, basically. Oh, wow. And so if you're walking out on it and you don't know what you're doing um, and the tide comes in, you can drown because you get stuck. Oh, wow. Um, and that happens to people out there all the time. If you, like, you just need to be, you know, knowledgeable about things. Yeah. And I'm from Florida. I can tell you, like, how things are there, but not in Alaska. Uh-huh. So. And how is it? Is it like a... The water, I'm assuming the water's real cold there. Oh, yeah. It's freezing. Um, We went glacier hiking. That was really cool. Um, And then we would go, like, backpacking through the woods. So you lived in an area where the woods were close? Yeah. You ever go fishing out there? I didn't. My husband did. Um, There's so many. When it comes to, like, fishing and hunting, you have to, like... You pretty much have to be an Alaska native, or you have to... Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Interesting. Or you have to... Like, they have lotteries, and I don't know a lot about how all of that works, but they have lotteries, too, where you can, like, pay to hopefully win a ticket mm-hmm. to... Mm-hmm. A tag. You know, a tag. Yeah, basically. Um, so, I know he he went hunting and fishing some, but I didn't. Did you have a, did you work out there or were you just military mom? Um, I worked at the housing office for a while and then I got my first job in dentistry while we were there in Alaska. So what got you into dentistry? So when I was growing up, I always wanted to work at the dentist. Interesting. (laughs) I did. What's the story behind that? Is there a story behind that? So I used to go to the dentist and this, it was this cute little old man and he had a dental office in this little yellow house in town. And um, I just loved going there. And all when I was younger, I just saw all the pretty girls that worked there. And I was like, I just want to grow up and be like them. Mm-hmm. And they were just always so nice. And that was really the only reason. I was just like, okay. I like going to this dental office. Um, and, um, but I never pursued it, really. Uh-huh. Um, I applied for dental hygiene school and got accepted right before my husband joined the army. Um, And then I kind of was just like, oh, whatever, we'll move around and see what happens. So that got pushed to the back burner. Yeah. Okay. I I should have taken it more seriously, um, but I just didn't have the confidence and I didn't, it just, I don't know. I didn't make that a priority. Um, And sometimes I look back and wish I did, but also I'm glad I didn't like, the dental hygiene job is like really hard on your body. Interesting. How so? Um, you're just, um, you know, you need to ha- you need to be mindful of like ergonomics and how you're sitting and holding your arms and your body oh, and your neck. I see. But it's also very hard to do that. I mean, 
you're talking about having the perfect patient that's going to be still, then yes, you can maybe sit in the right position and hold your instruments a certain way, but people wiggle all around and check their phone and bite you and uh-huh. <laughs> throw up on you and all of that. Wow, I mean, you've had all that. No perfect patients. Um, so anyway, but I got my first job in dentistry kind of by mistake there. Um, a lot of people, and Alaska's very diverse. That was one of my favorite things about it. Um, and I met this dentist from Korea, and he had all these assistants from Korea and China and uh, Thailand um, and even other doctors, and most of them did not speak very good English. So they hired me because they needed mm. some help in that department uh-huh. um, because they could kind of get across to me what they were wanting to say and then I could communicate with the patient. Uh-huh. Um, so did you have a hygiene or did you have the dental hygiene schooling or no? So it's funny you say that because when I worked in, I got my first job there, they put me through this like six week on the job training thing. I was cleaning people's teeth. I was taking x-rays. Um, and then when I moved back to the actual real America, (laughs) I learned, I learned a lot about like actual dentistry and periodontal disease and, all of these different conditions that you can have and like the 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 way that they were operating up there is like very substandard like oh, i should really? not have been cleaning people's teeth that was <laughs> super dangerous like i don't i don't i didn't know what i was doing uh-huh. i did not have the right certifications um but the laws up there are different <laughs> and they just let me clean people's teeth and that is terrifying uh-huh you know what's funny is <laughs> Okay, I'm Asian. I'm not trying to be racist here, okay? I'm Asian. But in California, there's places in, like, cities like Garden Grove. Have you heard of... No? I'm not familiar. Okay, in Southern California, there's, like, a city uh, called Garden Grove, and it's, like, a very large Asian community. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there are places where you can go, like, you can get your driver's license without knowing how to drive. My brother got his uh, barbering license after, like... There's supposed to be, like, a long course you're supposed to do, and it's, like, yeah. a couple thousand dollars. I want to say he paid – I think he paid a little bit more, but I want to say it's, like, six months. And he paid a little bit more than what it costs, but he got his barbering license in, like, two weeks. Yeah. So there's just always these little things that that you yeah. can go about doing to get all these certifications, even though it's, like, eh, I don't know if you should have that certification. Yeah. I was doing some shady stuff. <laughs> and I didn't know. I was so proud of myself. I thought it was uh-huh. so cool. Like, I can I can do this and take care of these patients. I thought I was hot shit. But then when I actually learned and, you know, took actual professional classes, yeah. I was like, wow. So did you get, like, a degree or a certificate? How does that work? No. Um, so when I moved to... Colorado was our next duty station. You've lived in the coolest places. Alaska sounds amazing. It was really fun. Where in Colorado did you go? Colorado Springs. Okay, that's that's badass. I lived in Colorado Springs for a little bit. Yeah. You told me that when I first met you briefly one weekend you came home to visit. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Colorado was amazing. I worked for a company there and my job, I was managing a periodontal surgery team. And so I would go... I I didn't ever like formally go to any kind of dental school, but 
the companies that I worked for would put on these CE events. Um, like Austin would speak at some of them. Um, and he's like super knowledgeable about um, periodontal disease and medications and stuff. And so I would just learn. I, I really got excited about dentistry and learning. So I would go to these courses anytime I could and just mm-hmm. learn everything I could learn. Um, so teach me what you know. What is periodontal disease? So periodontal disease is where you start to get an infection in your gums. And and I'm not an expert on this, but it kind of starts out more. Most people know what gingivitis is. Um, It starts kind of like that. Um, Explain that to me. What is that? um, It's where your gum tissue starts to separate from the roots of your teeth. And bacteria can get, it creates a pocket. Mm. And the pockets just get deeper and deeper and deeper. You start getting bone loss and essentially your teeth will fall out of your head. Um, And it's very serious, but dentistry is so like, you know, for the common person, it's like, oh, the dentist is just trying to pay for their kid's college or their Ferrari or whatever. But it's really important to your overall health. Um, And there's no cure for periodontal disease. It's like diabetes. You can manage it. Um, You can improve it in some ways sometimes, depending on what level you're at. But... um, I don't know if you get grossed out about stuff, but Not at all. Um, there, I used to watch surgeries and they will literally, you know, cut the gum tissue, pull it away from the roots of your teeth, um, clean the roots of your teeth, pack bone grafting material in there, and then sew you back up. Um, and that's called osseous surgery, but it's still not a cure. Um, you need to be on periodontal maintenance for the rest of your life. And that's, um, where you get cleanings more often, but they go down and clean um, the pockets. Maybe I have it. You might. I mean, a high percentage of people have it. Fuck. Do your teeth bleed when you floss your teeth? No. Do your gums bleed? Well, that's good. I, I floss almost every day. Flossing every day, brushing your teeth every day, like, it really can help. Drinking a lot of water, good diet. But here's something that I do get. <clears throat> Not so much anymore, but if I eat candy... The tops of my teeth, where they the, where they go into the gum, mm-hmm. will hurt if I brush them. Is it like a stingy? Thing? Yeah, like they feel sensitive. Like you you, don't <laughs> already for real. I mean, you could. A lot of times, you know, they'll say if you have sensitivity to hot, cold, or pressure, you could need a root canal. But why is it that it only happens when I eat candy? Is that because um, of the sugar? Um, the sugar or temperature, it can like, it can like kind of, it gets down into the roots of your teeth, I guess. And it can like bring that sensitivity up. Interesting. But it can also be just the way your teeth bite together. A lot of people, um, will, you know, they have where their teeth aren't properly aligned. And if you can correct your bite with braces or Invisalign, it can eliminate a lot of sensitivity but what is it about the fact that it's only when i eat candy i'm really not sure about the sweetness stuff but i know temperature definitely affects yeah the sensitivity because my teeth are definitely sensitive yeah i use sensodyne and i feel like it's helped a little bit but if i bite if i like grab like a cup of ice water and swish it around it doesn't feel good it definitely doesn't feel good yeah it's not like a terrible pain but it just it's not yeah comfortable you could need a root canal or your teeth might just be too close together do you have Interesting. 
I don't know. How'd you know? Uh, I mean, your bite's not perfect, but I'm not a dentist. Yeah, my bite's definitely your not perfect. Your teeth are very white. Yeah, this tooth right here is janky. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about, you know, malocclusion or when your teeth, when you don't have a proper bite or your teeth aren't properly aligned, your teeth are never going to stop moving as long as you live. Like, you grow and they, they will slightly move and shift forever. Um, that's why you, a lot of people need braces and then you have to wear a retainer forever. Um, and a lot of people used to get braces and the doctor would say, you know, wear your retainer for two years or whatever, and then you're good. But that we've learned that that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Most people don't even wear their retainers after they get braces anyways. Yeah. I, um, that's me. You've had braces? I did Invisalign. Okay. How did that work? Well, yeah, I mean, it works great. I've seen hundreds of patients, thousands of patients do it. Um, and it works super well. I've been to a lot of courses about it. Um, I'm not an expert. I just, I, I'm interested in dentistry. I, yeah. love, I loved it. I loved helping people. Who is Invisalign through? Um, the company is called Invisalign. Invisalign? Mm-hmm. Then what is Smile Direct Club? So Smile Direct Club, um, if I remember correctly, Smile Direct Club is actually using the old patent patent that Invisalign started with and now they have a new patent. Oh, I see. I could be dead wrong about that, but I, I think that's what I've heard. Um, but the problem, the thing about Invisalign, and any dentist will tell you this, it's managed by a doctor. Whereas when you're doing you know, something like Smile Direct Club or some of those other Candid or something, I don't know. Um, there's a couple different companies now. You're not managing your case through a doctor. And if, I, if you asked me to adjust your elbow, you know, move your bones around, you wouldn't want me to do that. I'm not a doctor. You wouldn't want a doctor to do that, you know? It's <laughs> funny. And you're... Go ahead, sorry. So, you know, you're literally just moving teeth through your bones, so you want uh-huh. a doctor managing that. You said you're moving teeth through your bones? Yeah, I mean, people don't think about it that way, but you're literally moving your teeth through your jaw bones. Your oh, jaw I bones see what you're saying. Your, you know, uh. And so, and if you move your teeth too fast, you can, I don't know all of the bad things that can happen, but... Say, for example, you move your teeth too fast, your roots can start to dissolve and then oh, your wow. teeth are going to fall out, mm. you know? And so it's, it's super complex and we, I don't know how it's allowed, but uh-huh. like that dentistry is not as important as medical science. Uh-huh. It is, but to the general public, it's not, uh-huh. they don't value it. So interesting. It's not. That's funny. I mean, not funny, but it's interesting. It is. Yeah. What's funny is you're mentioning about you shouldn't be adjusting my elbow. My brother, <laughs> I was with him and his friend before, a while back, not before, um, a long time ago. And uh, I was hanging out with them, and he goes to his friend and he adjusts his neck, right? So he tells him, relax, relax your head, and he cracks his neck. Here's a crack. His friend's like, oh, good, good. Then he turns the other way, the other side, cracks his neck. Oh, good, good. I said, where did you learn that? He said, YouTube University. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. He's doing neck adjustments, and he's not a a chiropractor, nothing. He's a barber. (laughs) But he did it to me. I let him do it to me. I'm okay. I'm still standing, so it ain't too bad. So you're from, where did you go after Colorado? Here? 
yeah, he got out of the army and we moved back here. Back here. So you've lived here before? Where? Briefly. Okay. So, we, my husband is from here. He was born in Beeville, mostly raised in Petula. Where's Beeville? Beeville is like, I want to say it's between Corpus and Victoria. It's a really small town. Okay. Kind of like on the coast. Okay. Think, three Rivers. Um, I know where Three Rivers is. Somewhere around there. I okay. Think. Um, so he was born there. He mostly grew up in Cachula, which is like south of Divine. Um, where's Divine at? I've heard of Divine too. Like south of Lytle or maybe North Lytle. Where's Lytle? South of San Antonio. <laughs> okay, okay. Way south of San Antonio. Uh-huh. So like a three-hour drive south of here. Um, he grew up there mostly and then as well as Pasadena, which is like a suburb California. of California. Oh, 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 oh. Houston. Yeah. Okay. So, but he was kind of, that's... Three Rivers is pretty close to the valley then. I think so. Okay. So, um, he grew up in Texas mostly. When he was about 12, um, he moved to... His parents, they move every year. I'm not even kidding you. Just because? They just... They're always moving. Um, which is cool. Like, they need yeah. to go and experience the world. Yeah. But they moved to the little town that I'm from when he was about 12 years old. And we met in the seventh grade. Oh, that yeah. is so cute. So cute. I love him so much. I don't think he likes me anymore, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so Florida. But yeah, he, we met there. And his, they actually stayed there. They stayed there until we were juniors in high school. And that is the longest they have ever lived anywhere. And do you think it's part of the reason because he found you as a friend? I don't think so. Um, it's, it's the reason. <laughs> I don't know. We kind of dated a little bit um, early high school, but we were just, we went to a very small school. There was, I think, like 700 kids in our whole school. Okay. Um, so I kind of grew up with him, his brother. Um, his brother married one of my best friends that I've known since I was three. Um, and so just really small town. We were all really close friends. Well, he moved back to Texas for our senior year of high school. And that's when we started like seriously dating, which doesn't make any sense. Because you missed him. <laughs> he missed you. You yeah, missed he him. he missed me. Um, I, his brother like dared me to call him and then we, we ended up talking in, on MySpace. Okay. Um, he was in my top five or whatever. Oh, shit. The top eight? The top, <laughs> top eight. eight? Yeah, I think it was top eight. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, we're so old now. Um, but, yeah, we were seniors in high school, and that's when we actually started seriously dating or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he came back to Florida to go to prom with me, and then as soon as we graduated, I moved to Corpus with him. Wow. Um, he was living in San Antonio at the time, but we got a job in Corpus and we just started going to school at Del Mar down there. We lived there for a year and then he was like, I'm joining the army. And he said, okay. Yeah. I think I knew it was coming. Like. That he was going to join? Yeah. Like both of our families, everybody's in the military. Mm. All the guy, all of our brothers, our dads. His dad was in the military for 20-something years, um, and he's still, like, really involved with his unit. Like, they have reunions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we always kind of – I think I kind of always knew he would join the Army, but it was definitely a surprise mm-hmm. <laughs> when he did. So when you were in Florida, you lived – so 
I'm assuming you graduated at what, 18? Yeah. So you lived up until 18 in Florida? Yeah. Where in Florida? Um, a little, I, I, my parents live in Mossy Head, which is very, very small. Um, I went to high school in Dufuniac Springs. What's the closest big city? The closest big city that people would know of is Destin or Panama City. And that's what part of Florida? South? Northwest. Oh, okay. Okay. And is Florida like as crazy as... I don't really think so, but I like grew up in the lower Alabama part of Florida. Okay. I mean, yes and no. Like, it is crazy, but it's also like super chill... So, like, when I read stories about Florida man... Like, everybody being messed up? Yeah, or, or just, like, <laughs> Florida man walks gator, his pet gator, through a store. You know, stuff yeah, like that. I feel like some crazy hillbilly people where I'm from would do something like that. you have any crazy stories of anything that happened when you were a kid? Oh, uh, I can't think of anything. Nothing that comes to mind? Like that. I don't know. What, how far are you from... The Everglades, are they in, they're in Florida, right? Yeah, where, that's more like south, southern, like middle of Florida. So that's where all the anacondas are? Or yeah. Anacondas. And, did you grow up with like gators? I could see gators like when we would go to the river. And it's normal, huh? I'm not like, the funniest alligator story I have, um, I'll try to tell quickly, but I... Don't, take your time. Tell me all the details. So I was a nanny babysitter for this family for like five years when I was in middle and high school. Okay. Best family in the entire world. I love them so much. Well, when I first started watching the kids, I watched them for a while before I met their dad. And I didn't even know what he did. His mom was a nurse. They went to our church. Well, the little girl told me one day, she was like, my pet alligator is missing. (laughs) And I was like looking all over the house for a little stuffed animal alligator. Like, what the Uh hell is this kid talking about? She was like five or six at the time. And I, I I don't think I had met the dad yet. Or if I did, I didn't know what his job was. Um, so anyway, she's like getting really upset about it. So I finally called mom up and I'm like, look. She's getting really upset. She can't find her alligator. Like, what does it look like? Do you know where it might be? Well, come to find out, the dad is a game warden. And he would go out when people would have alligators, like, pestering them. He would go out and catch them and put them in a cage at the house. And then, you know, the next day or whatever, go and release them in the wild where they're in a safe area. So he had this alligator that was supposed to be in this cage and it got out and it was just roaming around. What roaming where? I think he found it. They had like a little pond on their property and I think he found it down there or in the woods or something. But I was like, oh my God, what? If that is like, pretty wild. eating one of the kids. <laughs> and you're the nanny? <laughs> what kind of story? Imagine <laughs> that story. Imagine. That's the kind of shit you would see on the movie. Florida nanny allows kid to get eaten by gator. Good God. That would be a headline right there. That, would have, that could have been what happened. Thank God it didn't because those are two of the best kids that have ever lived. Did you ever see big gators or no? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're a kid in Florida growing up, they teach you about alligators and how to like get away from them and all of that. Uh-huh. And, um, I, I'm not really like I wasn't really scared of them 
I think every place kind of has like their dangerous animal or their weather. Like when we lived in Alaska, I would carry a 45 in my diaper bag, like everywhere I went, because you never know if you're going to get attacked by a bear. Oh, really? So you saw them there often? No, I didn't, but I was scared I would. <laughs> mm. And were I mean, did you see ever any? Did you ever yeah, see them? I mean, I saw them some, but the moose are actually more dangerous. They're massive, too. I've never I seen... Never noted, I never thought they were that big. You know like, I mean? bigger than your car big? Yeah. That is wild. So you've seen a lot. How fascinating. You have... So you've seen... Because mule, mule deer are pretty big in Colorado. Yeah. Much larger than the deer we have here. Yeah. In Florida, they're pretty small, too. Then you got... That's because of the weather. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when they're in cold weather, typically the animals are larger because they... You know? I didn't think about So Florida, you're going to have smaller deer, I guess. Then you got gators there. What else did you see? Did you see anacondas ever? No. But snakes... Yeah, I mean, we don't see snakes quite often. In Florida? Yeah. Were they poisonous ones? I don't know a lot about snakes. Big spiders? They're all a nope rope. Like, they're all um, what? A nope rope. Like, <laughs> <laughs> rope. like I don't like snakes. Uh-huh. I don't know, you know. And, and I think that's the problem, you know. Like, a lot of people that know about snakes, like my husband, you know, if he sees a snake, he's going to know, like, oh, that's a safe one or it's not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whatever. But my nephew, God, he's crazy. I took him to soccer practice with, with me one time, and he comes running at me with a snake he's playing with, and he's like, oh, He caught it? Know, it was so fun. Yeah. I'm like, God. You know? But um, so I think, I think it's like that with a lot of things. You're afraid of what you don't know about. Very true. Very true. Yeah, you're afraid of what you don't know about. So you saw any bears? Well, you said no to the bears. Um, I saw some in Alaska. Yeah. Moose. But you didn't run into bears as often as you would think that you would. Yeah. Um, bears, moose. What else did you see? Any wolves? Uh, no. And then here we got small deer. We got coyotes. Which, have you ever seen a coyote out here? Not like in the wild, no. What about a in pig? Florida, yeah. Oh, coyotes? Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Random fact. Did you know that there are coyotes in every major city in America? I, I know that now. I did not know that. Interesting. They're in New York. Wow. Yeah. Who would have thought? That's crazy. Who would have thought? I saw porcupines and beavers in Alaska a lot. Oh, really? That was neat. That was pretty cool? Those are neat. Big porcupines? Yes, they're huge. Really? Yeah. And you were never scared? I was scared of those because you never know when they're going to throw their little quills at you. I don't think they can throw their quills, though. Is that a myth? Yeah, I think that's a myth. I was scared, like, they would, they would, like, hide under my car a lot, and then yeah. they would just be like, well, I guess I'm not going grocery shopping today. Oh, really? <laughs> you wouldn't even try to get them away? You just wait no. till they leave? Yeah. Mm. My I dog would totally be a dog that got quills in its face. Yeah. My dog attacks anything that's moving. Yeah. Armadillos, squirrels. Y'all don't have a dog? Our dog died two weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I am so sorry. What kind of dog was it? We had a great day. Oh, big dog. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty was, long for a great day. Yeah. yeah, he had a good long life, but we miss him. It was tough, but I mean, he's been not doing well for a while, and 
you know, we've we've been on the fence about it for a while. Like, uh-huh. like when is it time? When is it time to take him and have him put down? And um, Monday, two weeks ago, today actually, um, I just, he couldn't move his legs, and he was he was like yelping and everything. And so we called the vet, and they were like, yeah, you know. So we brought him in and and took care of him. Did you have him since he was a puppy? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was rough. And you know, I finally admitted it today, but I realized, I'm a very anxious person anyways, but I realized today, I was like, you know, I had so much security with him being here, and now when I'm home alone, every little noise, I'm like, it freaks me out. Mm. I'm like, did someone break into the house? <laughs> yeah, just naturally, yeah. having a dog he makes you like feel protected. He was our security system, yeah. you know? So that was really tough. Oh my gosh. I bet. I, I was I was physically sick like for like three days. I just And what's weird is so I've had a couple dogs die. Um and what's weird is you see them. Like after they die, you'll like in your peripheral you'll see your dog wherever your dog lays or say that again. I just said oh really, like I haven't noticed that. Oh, I had a dog where I would like in my peripherals, she was always in the kitchen, and I would like see the rug, and I thought it was her, and I would look, and like she wasn't there, and I'm like, yeah. whoa! It wouldn't happen all the time, but it happened a couple times, you know. I haven't noticed that, but I've definitely been like still, you know, every day, multiple times. It's like I gotta feed Moose, or I gotta make sure the toilet's closed, uh, or I got yeah. too much ice, so I'm gonna give him some. Uh-huh. Or I don't want to eat all my lunch, so I'm going to give him some. Yeah, and yeah. So that, I'm like, what do I do with these extra chips? <laughs> it, may, it may just be because I was much younger when it happened. Um, but we have a dog now that's about to... I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying about, but she's going to be, I want to say 11 or 12. Yeah. And like two weeks ago, she got diagnosed with... Um, what is it? She has a mass in her mouth. Oh, does for, she have oral cancer? Yes, it's cancer. But it starts with an M. Melanoma. She has melanoma in her, inside of her mouth? Is, I think that's what it's called. Melanoma is a very common form of skin cancer. Yes, that's, okay. what, the, that's what the vet called it. Wow. Melanoma. And the vet was like... That's awful. Yeah, I mean, she's lived a good life. She's killed squirrels, she's hunted, and got in a fight with a raccoon, so... Yeah, she's lived a good life. She's not dead yet. (laughs) I'm like, she's lived a good life, but... No, the doctor said six months, so we're trying to get the... The best six months we can out of her. But she's she's had a great life. So what's taking y'all out to Arkansas, or Kansas? Well, when we moved to Texas, our goal was to buy some land, you know, by 20, 30, 40 acres, at least, if not more, you know, more would be even better, but, um, and just, um, you know, have some, maybe some chickens or whatever, have the kids be able to ride go-karts and four-wheelers and stuff, and, um, when we first moved here, I mean, everything was just crazy, Chris had just got out of the army, we just went from two to four kids, and um, we just never really, like, 
had the opportunity or even really started looking at doing that. And then the last couple of years, we've been working with our realtor, Lori, and, you know, she's been looking for, like, a ranch for us in Texas. Um, and there's so many factors. And, but then also, that's why I brought up Alaska. Also, Chris has been um, wanting to maybe settle in Alaska. And I'm like, I'm not doing that long term. Um, it was really fun living there, but not, I don't want to live there forever. I need some seasons. And so a few weeks ago, he was like, what if we moved to Arkansas? It's so cheap. And I was like, all right. So, it, is it for sure yet? Well, I mean, our house hasn't sold yet. So uh, that's what you're waiting for. If the house for. sells, then yeah, we'll go. There's mm-hmm. so many different properties we've seen up there. You know, nice homes on 40 acres, almost half the price of this house. Mm. You know, and we've got some equity in this house, and we could, you know, move up there and be. We've got some army family there. They've got oh, that's some great perfect. schools there. Um, and it would put us in a better financial situation because we could use the, the equity in this house to, you know, pay off some debt or make a big down payment on a house there and yeah. have a lower mortgage or whatever. So it's a crazy um, decision. But Chris and I do crazy things like that sometimes. That's how we roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's good. It keeps things adventurous. Yeah. What about your kids? Are they excited? They're super excited. They're a little nervous and sad about leaving some of their friends, but mm-hmm. but they're excited. Have you all gone up there and visited yet? Yeah, no, not really. We actually stopped and stayed the night there when we were leaving Colorado when we moved back to Texas. Um, I actually stayed there a night with the kids, but that was years ago, and we were not. It was more of like we were just running into our Army family and visiting uh-huh. them. So we really haven't been there. Help me with my, help me with my, uh, is it called demographics? Yeah. Demographics? Is that what it's called? Geographics. Geographics. Help me here. Demographics is like, uh, the people who live in certain yeah. areas. Okay. My geographics. So Colorado's central. Uh-huh. Arkansas is this way. East. Yeah. How far? Cause like you can go from Colorado down to Texas. So you all went east and then? Well, we actually, when we left Colorado, the kids and I, Chris moved all of our stuff, and I just took the kids to visit my parents in Florida for a few weeks. Oh, okay. it's just easier to get them. I did that whenever we left Alaska. I went to Oregon. His parents lived there at the time, and I went to Oregon and stayed with them. Oregon is badass. I Oregon's like Oregon. beautiful. Yeah, Oregon's super beautiful. So... I, I normally did that, you know, if we were moving or something, I would just kind of take the kids and go. It's easier that way. How far is the drive to Arkansas? Or from where here? You, yeah, from um, where you're planning. I think about eight hours. Oh, that's not too far. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Because, so Arkansas? It's like north, east of here. Eight hours only? Yeah. Or do we, does Texas touch Arkansas? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So it's, it's like what? Louisiana, and then it's, Arkansas, is it Arkansas? Ah, uh, gotcha. But I think you can drive north through Dallas and then go into Arkansas, like through Texarkana. Uh-huh. I'm not as familiar as I should be with the... You know who's from Arkansas? Josh Hunt. Uh, yeah, he told me that. Have you talked to him about it? Yeah. Yeah, I talked to him about it a little bit um, at Marcus's birthday party. Um... And he was saying that he had, he still has a house there. And he was like, you guys can stay there actually, but 
um, which is super nice of him. But the area that we're looking at is like northwest Arkansas, and I think he lives northeast. Mm. So it's it's pretty far. The other side. Yeah, I think the house. I think where he is from is pretty far from where we're looking. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because we have a couple. I have a couple of stipulations. We gotta have great schools, and we can't. We have to be within a thirty minute drive of a CrossFit gym. Oh, uh-huh, that's it. You drink the Kool Aid, and you're for life. That has made it so hard to find a house. Uh huh. Because there's actually not many there. Hmm. Um, there's a few around hot springs, um, that I've looked at. So I've been like creeping on their Instagram, uh-huh. but, but yeah, it's made it really hard to find a, a house well, hopefully in a I'll, good school district. Hopefully I'll find one soon. Yeah. Well, we, we actually found, I know, right? Like I wouldn't be mad if we stay forever. I, I'll definitely miss you guys. You're not gone yet. Like my dog. You're not gone yet. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot and maybe it's just because the situation I'm in but I don't think I've ever felt as at home in a place as I do here just our community and you've lived a lot of a lot of places yeah I've lived a lot of places and I thought Florida was home uh-huh. um, and I love Florida very much I love the beach um, but I love this community it's really awesome you know what's fascinating and interesting is you've grown a lot from joining CrossFit, but not just CrossFit, the community. And I want to say so have I. And I think that's part of the reason why this podcast is even a podcast is because I had met so many interesting people. Yeah. I know I would meet interesting people anywhere, but this gym that we're at, is where the podcast originated. Yeah. It's most of the podcasts that I've done are with people from the community. Yeah. And they're fascinating people. There's fascinating people everywhere, but it's just something that that community has brought out of me is these conversations. Yeah. I don't like to think of them as interviews. I guess they kind of are, but I just like to think of them as I like sitting down with somebody and having no distractions. Yeah. You know, there's, there's times where you have, these conver- you have conversations with people and they're on their phone or you're on your phone and you don't have somebody's full and undivided attention. And I think that they're very important for um, relationships, but also just for the human aspect, you know? We don't have enough of that. And I think that's really important. It's a miracle that a child has not come down the hallway. I heard, I heard, listen, I heard the way you told them that they better get to bed. I would not be coming out of that hallway either. They usually don't give a shit. A bunch of honey badgers. They just get into everything or what? They do. do what they want. Uh, they don't want you keep them in check though. I'll try. They're alive. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap this up, but just to try to help you out in case anybody is interested, you do have your house for sale. Oh yeah. Thanks. What is it? Uh, Bedroom, bathroom, how many? What, what are we talking here? Four bedrooms, three full bathrooms. There's an office too. Um, we used to use it as a bedroom and then we use it as a playroom. So it's, it's four it's bedrooms and an office, so almost a 5'3". Yeah. Okay. 5'3", how many square feet? 
Okay, and it's in, what's this community called? Johnson Ranch. There you go. Anybody listening, if you're looking to buy a house, but also take your time. We don't want Kay to leave too soon. He's not going to post this. <laughs> just for that fact. If anybody wants to follow you and, and just see you on social, where can they find you? So on Facebook, my name is Kay Marie on there. I, I took my last name off a million years ago. Now I don't really care about all that drama, but... Um, that's a whole other thing, but Kay Marie. All right. Well, if anybody is interested, contact her and uh, you can get a showing and you can be the owners of a new house. <laughs> Kay, good. thank you very much. Thank you. Hopefully Bye. you'll stay a while. Uh, we won't lose you too soon, but if you do sell your house and move to Arkansas, best luck with uh, your future farm and thank you for doing this and um, safe travels when that time comes. We'll have a little going away, of course. Absolutely. But um, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. All right.